0: Greening with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Nice little win in game one for the Miami Heat, so they won't get swept now to the Boston Celtics. Good job. Why,
2: why do you clap. have to be so disrespectful to the Miami Heat?
1: Give credit where credit is due, man. Jimmy Butler balled last night. He did. Balled. Against 41 a- points. Against an exhausted, depleted team, four steals, team. three blocks. That's exactly. Well, what he I mean,
2: you can say exhausted, depleted team, but we're talking about Jason Tatum being a top five player, yes. and he certainly didn't look
1: it in the second half. And Jimmy Butler was all over him in that coverage. Yes, and it was terrific all the way through for the Heat in a game that. As you have aptly put it, they could not lose. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greenie on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And they could not afford to lose that game for all the circumstances. It is a Celtics team that is coming off a hard-fought series against the Bucks to find their way through it. They uh, have a quick turnaround. They don't have Marcus Smart. They didn't have Al Horford because of health and safety protocols. We don't know how COVID's going to affect them here moving forward. But all of that factored in, this was a game that I would have expected the Heat to win anyway. Being at home and being more rested, they did all the things that you're supposed to do. Yeah, big fella, but you didn't expect the Heat to outscore the Celtics 39-14 to 14 in the third quarter. It was didn't a bad ex- quarter.
2: You didn't quarter. expect Jimmy Butler to outscore him in that quarter by himself, 17-14. to 14. No. I... But we probably should have because of how good the Miami Heat have been in the third quarters in this postseason. Going into last night, they were plus 68 in third quarter scoring differential. That's how good they've been. Mm-hmm. They started the quarter on a 22-2 run. So, I mean, all the signs were there for the Miami Heat in terms of being able to ratchet up the intensity to get back in this game. Because you had to know, after the first half, the way it played out, with Boston having a double-digit lead and Miami being down by as many as 13, that they were going to come back and punch back in the first half because that's the heat culture. That's what this team is made of. And it just felt like Boston never expected that, which is a surprise to me, given the leadership from the player standpoint on that team and Ima who was a former player and now their head coach. It didn't seem like they would be caught off guard by the intensity that Miami would
1: approach that second half with, and yet they play like they were. I I don't think they were caught off guard. I think they were exhausted. I think they were exhausted. I think it's one of those games where, okay, they go in, and they, they got smacked around, and it happens in game one. It happened to them last series in game one. They got smacked around by the Milwaukee Bucks after they had taken care of the Nets because maybe they were riding a little bit high over, you know, sweeping a Nets team with Durant and Kyrie, but... Truth be told, it was a tougher series. And, you know, Nuno's trying to point out to me right now, like, wait a minute, they had to go seven to beat a Bucks team that didn't have Middleton? They also have the greatest player on the planet right now. They had to fight through everything there. And as far as the Heat are concerned, you can't tell me that the Hawks and the Sixers, as presently constituted, was anywhere near as tough a road as what we've seen the Celtics go through. So last night did absolutely nothing to change my mind about anything here. Yeah,
2: my mind has not changed either. I still got the Boston Celtics winning this series. See? And I'm I'm not going to completely dismiss the fatigue factor in game one because we are talking about the Celtics playing three games in three different cities in five days, right? So so that matters. We are talking about them being down two starters and not really knowing that they wouldn't have those guys until a couple hours before tip-off. That matters as well. But at the same time, it's hard for me to ignore the fact, Carlin, that you're talking about a team that had eight turnovers in one quarter in Game One of the Conference Finals. To me, I don't know how much fatigue is a factor as well, as
1: much as it is carelessness with the basketball, and that's exactly what we saw from Jason Tatum. Oh, I, th- I think it was a factor in carelessness with the basketball. Oh, let's bring I don't in know. Let's bring in Nuno from the hashtag crew. Am I missing something here? That that this wasn't going to be an incredibly physical series against the Bucks to begin with. And maybe I'm selling them short. Am I selling the heat short here?
3: No, uh, they're going to lose in five. I mean, <laughs> so like... And they, it's not disrespect, they, people. They it's deserve, they, they deserve to be disrespect, disrespected. There, there's no reason this team should win a title, right? They are a team, yes, but like there's nothing appealing about them. And it's Miami, right? Like Miami, what is Miami? Miami's sexy. It's appealing. It's like this great vibe. There's nothing like nothing, I get nothing from this team about that, right? Like it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a Nick fan and I can't stand the heat. I can't stand <laughs> wow. part of Pat Riley and the snake that he is. Wow! Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's that, but no. They're against, they're done.
2: Five. No, no, I'll say this. The best players don't always make the best team, but the best team always wins. And last night, Miami was the best team. Why? Because they played like a team. And I can understand why they would have that decided advantage because of the pieces that Boston was missing. Now, Is Marcus Smart and Al Horford at some point going to come back in that series? It remains to be seen. If I were to tell you that those guys weren't going to be available for Ime Adoka for the the next couple of games,
1: how would you feel about the complexion of the series then? That definitively changes it for me. If if you're going to tell me that those two guys are going to both miss the next two games, then yes, that completely changes the dynamic for me. You're talking about the defensive player of the year, in Marcus Smart, who has done all the little things that the Celtics have needed just to make winning plays and win games. And you're talking about Al Horford, who, speaking of which, who, who has just uh, has been playoff Al. Like, we talk about playoff Jimmy. There have been times when Al's been playoff Al, and he has taken off. He had the 30 in the game in the last uh, series. We know what yep. Horford's capable of doing because he has been there and done that. So, yes, if those two guys are missing the next two games – then yeah, they're in some trouble. They're yeah, in some there, trouble. there is no
2: question about it. To me, they're in some trouble, but we'll have to see what happens over the next couple of days. I have a hard time believing that Marcus Smart with the sprained foot in the calf. I mean, not the calf, the quad and the shoulder. I have a hard time believing that we're not going to see that guy sooner rather than later. Al Horford is a different situation because he's in health and safety protocols and we don't know when he's going to potentially be available. So I feel much more confident about saying that we're going to see Marcus Smart soon as opposed to saying we're going to see Al Horford. But I will say, Robert Williams stepped up in a big way in the he first does. half for the Boston Celtics. If they're going to have a chance of being able to stay afloat while Horford is out, he's going to have to continue to play that way and be a force, not just defensively, but also what we saw with him offensively, rim running, catching some lobs, those types of things. He's going to have to be that outlet for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the paint. And I, I think if you get more of that, then you get the Miami Heat – on their heels a little bit more defensively. And yesterday, it felt like the, the Heat
1: kept the Boston Celtics offense off balance, especially in that second half. I, I, listen, I think the Heat could win a second game. I, I, I'll go a little further than Nuno. I'll say six. That'd be a nice little performance for them. Nice so, you, so you
2: think the Heat are going to win game two?
1: I, I think the Heat are going to win another game. I, you got to tell me who's playing when. That's okay. what I need to know. 888-SAY-ESPN. You're angry, and I understand it, but you haven't convinced me, you haven't convinced Chris yet, that – Anything we've said is not factual. So let's check in with Jose down in Miami. Jose, have at it, bud. Your chance on ESPN Radio. Good morning, gentlemen. This is Jose from the 305. I'm enjoying your show. I've never heard you guys. I actually caught you guys one time, but I'm really enjoying the show today. And I decided I wanted to call. Not to try to convince you. Okay. But just to put some... Put some stuff out there for you. And, and, and I need an honest answer here. That is, you two, which, which of you two have followed the Miami Heat for the last three seasons? We follow. Really follow the Heat. I mean, do we follow them like somebody who lives in Miami exactly. with every last yes. moment? No, no. no. You, but you know you what? That's, know called, a that's a second, called a fan. That's called a well, fan. You can't look second, at something wait objectively. Wait, I'm asking you a question. Yes And or I gave you no? the answer. Uh, Did I follow it like I'm living in Miami as a Heat fan? know. Let me explain to you what you don't know. Please tell me about what the the game against Minnesota a year and a half ago told you about the Miami Heat that I don't know. You're not listening. Go ahead.
3: You're not listening. Don't take it personal. Just listen. Go ahead. There's an attitude and an edge that this Heat team has that the Celtics don't have.
1: I know that okay. they do have a I the know that they do have an edge, page. but you haven't watched Have let you watched now we're done. It have you watched speaking. the Celtics enough? Have you watched the Celtics every day? And no. Not noticed? But
2: that's the point though. When you that's say the we, point. we don't follow the Miami Heat. No, we don't follow the Miami Heat as close as you do, but you don't follow the Boston Celtics as close as somebody that covers national sports done. Exactly. So I mean maybe we might know something about the Boston Celtics that you don't. So and you- furthermore, Carlin, to say that there is an attitude and a toughness that the Heat play with that the Celtics don't have. That's after just the, After the Celtics just knocked off the reigning defending NBA champions and the best player in the NBA in Giannis.
1: Come on now. And Come smacked around now. Kevin Durant in the first round. Swept him. Yes, swept him. And beat them to... Just so, beat so the car out of them gotta, physically. We got to pump
2: the brakes on that part of it. But I will say this. follow that. Heat culture is different, Carla. It is. And it allows a lot of these guys to play out over their skis, man. You did not expect to get the performances that you got from Max Trues and Gabe Vincent last night. We just we, didn't. No. We, we we don't expect to get those before. But it seems like it's one of those guys every single night. And you don't know who it's it, going to be. But it happens for this team. Why? Because there's a certain standard that Jimmy Butler has helped Pat Riley and Eric Spolster set since he got down there in Miami, and those guys show up in the biggest moments.
1: That, that, that's great. When those role players play well at home, that, that's awesome. It happens every night in the league. And it, Listen, the Heat have earned their way here, but I just don't see it going much further than that. Stop if I followed them every day. Uh, uh, of the teams that are left in the
2: playoffs... This is probably the team that you have the hardest time seeing winning a championship, right? Yes, absolutely.
1: And I can't believe I'm saying that considering the Mavericks are still left. But it's true because the Mavericks have the best player left in the playoffs. No question. Although we do have to start putting some respect
2: on Jimmy Butler's name, though. We do.
1: Let's check in Logan. He's up next. Logan, you're on ESPN Radio. Please explain. So, right now, I want to preface this by saying I'm not a fan of either team. The only nerd I'm for is the Arkansas Razorbacks. I just love sports.
4: Mm -hmm. And
0: I would expect what I'm hearing from you two guys, from my local radio
1: guys here in Arkansas, or the Alabama Crimson Tide, you just sound like Celtics'
4: local radio talking about Marcus Smart and Al Horford being the only
1: ones out. You're not, hold on. (laughs) You're not talking. I've never heard all day you talk about Kyle Lowry being out. Why? We, we actually did. did. We did. What are you talking about? We talked about Kyle Lowry being heard. out. Well, well you missed it. You missed it. That's right not a me problem, Mark that's a you problem. Is out, Al Horford is out and that's it. It's part of sports. And At, Al, can I just ask you, and out, Let me ask okay. you a quick question. What is Kyle Lowry, yeah, yeah. Kyle Lowry averaging? what's Kyle Lowry averaging in the postseason? I don't know, but he's a significant let player, me tell he's you, a good player. Ain't Last that significant what happened when is just, when you're averaging six points a game and you're shooting twenty percent. You're not that significant. Thanks for the call. It's, it's just not. And by the way, like, you know, I hate Boston. I don't hate Boston. And here's the other I, thing, too. Here's
2: the other thing, too. We're not making excuses for why the Celtics lost. We're just giving reasons. Sometimes it can be a reason. Not having the defensive player of the year matters when you get to the conference finals. Not having Al Horford... As we saw in the Bucks series, I think it was Game Five, matters. Mm-hmm. So, so, don't don't be mad at us for pointing these things out.
1: What it sounds like is that you I'm can sorry, be a, it was
2: Game Six for Al Horford,
1: but you can be a group of fans for a particular team, and when you hear something that praises the other team, you automatically assume that everybody's biased against you. But, no, but, it's but, has no, but has
2: nobody heard us give Jimmy Butler his flowers today? Yes. We're saying Jimmy Butler is one of the guys in the NBA that is a primetime playoff performer. The guy didn't have any 40-point games this regular season and has already got He's three a in the postseason. He's a closer. And he had 41 in game one of the conference finals, not to mention... He was a hell of a two-way player because he locked down Jason Tatum in the second half, and he had four steals and three blocks. He's doing it on both ends of the court. That 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 is. Think about the energy that he has to expend to play the way that he
1: plays. He's unbelievable.
2: He's unbelievable. I don't know how many people voted for him to be on one of those all-NBA teams, but a lot of people don't look at Jimmy Butler as being a top 15 player in the NBA. He absolutely is one, but when he gets to the playoffs— you're talking about this guy being a top 10 player.
1: Canty and Carlin in for Granny ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. We have so much more to tackle, including some interesting comments last night from Adam Silver and the potential... For something to end in the NBA, has it already happened? We will discuss next. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio.
4: Greeny, the podcast. It's Demon Time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. Types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg. Code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy.
1: Ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply draft lottery was last night orlando magic have the number one pick but the question is who is that going to be the road to the rematch is on. As Bantamweight champ Juliana Pena and former champ Amanda Nunes go head to head as coaches on the historic thirtieth season of The Ultimate Fighter. Stream the series now exclusively on ESPN Plus. Sign up now at ESPN Plus dot com. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN radio and ESPN plus as well as on your smart speaker at play ESPN Radio Network. Okay, so Last night, we had the draft lottery. There's debate about who the number one pick should be. Mm -hmm. And you saw the Orlando Magic get the number one uh, pick after all. And it wasn't, listen, it wasn't the sexiest of draft lotteries because there's not the Zion Williamson or that kind of guy that is jumping out right now. Sure, But I did think two things about last night were funny. Number one, Dame Lillard's reaction when Portland did not get the number one salty. pick, or, or you know, got the seventh pick, oh, he was not happy. But number two, Adam Silver, who was talking about the tanking in the league going away, and feels like the lottery has put an end to tanking. Here's the NBA commissioner.
4: I think it's working well. It's not a perfect sample because of COVID, the pandemic. It started in the bubble in it in a hybrid form so in some ways we're in the third year but initially it, it seems to be work, working really well both combination of flattening the odds to dis, disincentivize obviously finishing at the bottom but on top of that the play in then creates an incentive yeah to stay competitive and what we've seen in the last 2 years is that with roughly 2 weeks left in the season one year we had 25 year 25 teams still in contention. Next year we had 24 teams still in contention. So that's what we were really hoping for.
1: I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that they have the play-in. And, and yeah. teams are playing for that. They're not treating it with a level of disrespect because they're still also – Uh, able to be involved in the lottery, if even if they make the play-in tournament and lose. Yeah, I mean, Adam Silver figured out what
2: Major League Baseball took a little bit more time to, which is trying to find a way to incentivize teams that are on the fringe, not to sell off pieces before the deadline, so you have more teams that are competitive in the second half of the season and you have more markets engaged for your entertainment product. Like, that's been the key for the NBA. But flattening the odds in the lottery also does help it does help to some degree because you're talking about the teams that have the what? The four worst records mm-hmm. having about an equal shot at being able to get the number one overall pick. So, I mean, that that matters to some degree as well. And it puts the focus for those organizations on developing the talent that they get in the building as opposed to trying to lose as many games as you can and hope that you have the top pick in a year where there's a transcendent talent.
1: Well, but that's, that's where I'm curious if it really is true that tanking has ended. When there is that next generational type player that is coming out, the guy that we talk about once every 10 years, are we going to see teams go back to it and – Try to at least make sure that they're in the top four at that point. I could absolutely see that being the case.
2: Well, I hear where you're coming from, but you say There's once more You say once it. every ten years, it feels like it's once every three years, like oh, when you start okay. having those kind of guys because right. it's Zion and and John ja Moran, and before that it's Jason Tatum. So I mean, it's just like it seems like it happens a little more frequently than that. But I think
1: having like, the, but guys that get all the hype. No, every, I get where you're yeah.
2: coming from, and I think the play-in tournament goes a long ways to eliminating a lot of that. Because it tries to get those teams to be more competitive to see if you can get young players to get that playoff experience. But then also there's no chat there's no guarantee that you're gonna get that number one overall pick. So I think that that there is a little bit I'd say this. You think Ad, tanking's Adam, done? Adam Silver has done a good job of minimizing tanking. I, I think Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. I think he's done a good job of minimizing tanking. The other thing that I think he's done, and mm-hmm. Jalen Rose hinted toward it in the NBA pregame show, NBA countdown before the game last night. He said that the super team, the era of the super team, it seems like it's, it's going away. It seems like it's going away. And I get it. The Brooklyn Nets with James Harden, Kyrie Irvin, and Kevin Durant, they were supposed to be the next super team that was going on a dynastic run. And it feels like that's a disaster. But when you start looking at the final four teams in the playoffs, you really can't point to any of those teams being a super team outside of Golden State. And that was a team that was built with draft picks. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green – all those guys are draft picks. Yep. Jordan Poole is a guy that they developed in their system. So, I mean, you know, the only guy that you're talking about that plays a key role that was somebody that they traded for Williams. was Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – to me, it feels like the era of the super team is, is, is kind of going away. and The NBA is shifting to trying to find more well-rounded teams, trying to build out your bench, have more depth. That's the direction that championship contenders are going now.
1: I, I'm not convinced 100% of that quite yet. Because they were still able to do what they did in Brooklyn as far as putting the team together, the result was nowhere near what they expected it to
2: be. No, you're right about that. But here's what I'll say to that, Carlin. And, and that the, wasn't that with, long with ago. With the way that they do contracts now and incentivizing guys that get drafted to sign those max contracts or super max contracts, it makes it hard for guys to... To walk
1: away from all of that money and go somewhere else. Yeah, but you know agency. what, Guy, but th- The work,
2: the workaround is the sign and trade. I yep. get where you're coming from.
1: Or but- even the workaround is still guys in the middle of one of those max contracts and he's just not happy and forces his way out. Oh and yeah, can you can still make that deal and make the numbers
2: work. Yeah, you still have you still have a degree of leverage in that way. But here's the thing that will happen: you'll end up getting assets in return. Yeah. And so I think that that's the thing that when you start looking at the landscape of the NBA, because they've done that with the contracts and the play-in and the lottery, you're not having as much player
1: movement as you once saw, especially when it comes to the stars of the game. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We have given you the opportunity, and frankly, you have not stepped up. You have not delivered the reason why last night has done anything to change our perception of the Miami Heat. And I, I I don't know that the argument exists. I'm an open-minded guy. I'd like to try to hear it. And we've got people lining up. Of course, the Heat Nation is lining up. We've had some people that are supposedly objective call up and say, well, you guys sound like homers. Neither one of us really cares for Boston all that much. We got no dog in this uh, race, so to speak. At all. So, but I believe we in take
2: integrity. And I did pick the yes. Boston Celtics to get to the NBA Finals.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, but they... Uh, Take integrity is not why you're sticking by it. You're sticking a by it because point. you believe it. That's true, too. That is true, too. <laughs> Don't try to sneak in and curry favor. <laughs> I see through that. It's Canty and Carlin, so it's your chance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light. With the free AutoZone Fix Finder service, it'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. In just moments, Game One of the Western Conference Finals begins tonight, and the man who will be calling it joins us next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Greeny, the podcast. We're just
0: weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court, it can feel impossible to keep up with. But we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News. Because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore.
4: We're going to San Francisco
1: in just moments. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase, Canty, and Carlin. In for Greeny today. The job search can be a frustrating journey, filled with long, lonely hours on the computer. Countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. No one wants to feel alone in their job search. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They save you time by sending you jobs you can apply to with one click, and they pitch your profile to employers so you stand out. Job seekers. Feel the love. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Once again, that is ZipRecruiter.com. Tonight, NBA Western Conference Finals begin right here on ESPN Radio. Game one, it is the Warriors hosting the Mavs, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. It is Alan Hahn hosting the pregame and postgame, and Mark Kestisher will be on the call with P.J. Carlissimo and George Sedano. Kesty, uh, any advice out of the gate for Hahn, who is hosting the studio duties? Because I, I think we can all speak together and say Han probably needs it.
0: Well, first of all, good morning, guys. Good morning. I heard the Beatles in the background and I thought it was like 65 Candlestick Park. You know, that's the person that came to mind here in San Francisco this morning. Uh, I know Alan was uh, shadowing our man Kevin Winter last night and I only sent one text to both of them and I said, just show him where we hide the candy and the soda because it's going to be long nights and uh, I'm sure he'll do great.
2: Kesty, getting into the game, I mean, one of the biggest things for the Dallas Mavericks, one of the biggest factors in them being able to go on this conference finals run has been their three-point differential, their three-point scoring differential in the series against the Phoenix Suns. They were plus 99 in the series against the Utah Jazz. They were plus 132. Is it crazy to think that they could keep this up going up against the Golden State Warriors who are boasting one of the best shooting backcourts in the history of the game?
0: You know, it, it, I think we have we're starting to get a large enough sample size where that's, you know, that that's how this Dallas Mavericks team has been built and when they execute like that outside of games 1 and 2 in Phoenix, um, this this has been part of their game, 15 and a half threes per game. I just did the count of uh, the first and second rounds just to make sure nine games of at least 15 three-pointers. And if you look at the the small sample size of the Phoenix series, you know, it just came down to Holman and road and were they going to be able to put up that kind of production in Phoenix, which, you know, they were not able to do in one, two and five, uh, but in game seven, they did. And now it's, you know, it's on the warriors who are, you know, an outstanding defensive team, much like Phoenix, much like all the teams that are left here. These are all top 10 defensive teams, you know, see if they run them off the three point line, what their defensive strategy is going to be, you know, obviously, uh, point one and point two and point three is Luca, Luca, Luca. How are we going to defend him and then figure it out? Because that's, that's the game. He creates so much havoc. He bends so much defense. He gets guys open when they hit those corner threes. um, You know, they got guys that can do it. So I I think the sample size is getting large enough uh, to show us that this team that was under the radar all year, and has gone way farther than anyone could have predicted, especially going up against Phoenix is that uh, you know the Mavericks have been marksmen. I don't see why it wouldn't continue in this series.
1: Mark Kestescher will be on the call tonight. Game one, Western Conference Finals here on ESPN Radio with P.J. Carlissimo, George Sedano on the sideline, and of course Alan Hahn will be ha- hosting in the studio as well. Kesty, uh, with Dallas's defense, you know it's no coincidence that these final four teams are all the best in three-point defense. That's where I'm also really curious... How does Dallas contain the 3 point shooting of Golden State?
0: You know, it was interesting in game 7, Chris, uh Jason Kidd made a, you know, slight little coaches adjustment in that he wanted the defense in front of him early, you know, the visiting teams allowed to pick, you know, which uh, which direction you're going to go. And so most coaches, you know, in talking with PJ Carlisimo and many others through the years was you want your team in front of your bench defensively in the fourth quarter, you know, in money time, you want to be able to, uh, to be able to bark at them, as opposed to try to yell from 50 feet away from the opposite coach's box. Now, I don't know if, you know, he'll continue to do that, but I just think the point I'm trying to get to is in Phoenix in game seven, and we were second row there and Jason Kidd was right in front of us. uh, It was remarkable to me, you know, just, to get a chance to kind of watch him work from a coach's perspective on his defense and he was so into that game and he was so vocal and directing at such a high level it, it really kind of came alive to you just how special this team has become from a defensive end and in the games that they played against Golden State this year in the four games they won three of them and I think Steve Kerr brought this up yesterday at, uh, at media is you know their ability to blitz Steph Curry and recover off of it was, was pretty remarkable. Now you're still, you know, you're still taking your chances here. You know, when you got Klay Thompson, who could find some open seams and Jordan Poole has become a really good player and Andrew Wiggins, who's become, you know, is an excellent all around player and you can go on down the list is, you know, they're going to pay a ton of attention to Steph Curry. And I was, I didn't, I had forgotten that in that last meeting with all the doubling of Curry, he did not get any, not one, fourth quarter shot attempt up they were that um on him that much as they were chris paul the last five games of the phoenix series so um to me that's you know that's where this whole series is going to hang right i mean we all talk about defense wins championships and you know dallas brings it so does golden state but i'm fascinated to see um how jason kidd attacks uh golden state based on the first four meetings they had this year
2: Talking with ESPN play-by-play announcer Mark Kestesher on Greeny and Kesty. You know I'm a defensive guy, so I'm going to stay with that aspect of this game and look at the other side of this matchup. For the Golden State Warriors, who's the guy that everybody's anticipating going to get first crack at Luka Doncic? What's going to be their overall strategy in terms of trying to contain Luka, who's proven to be a monster this postseason, averaging 31-10-6?
0: Yeah, you know, kind of reading through the tea leaves right now, we'll get a chance to talk to Steve Kerr in a few hours, uh, just a couple hours before tip, actually. And uh, I don't know if he'll divulge to us. Maybe P.J. will beat it out of him. Who knows? Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I figure, will probably get first crack at him. And Andrew's turned into a really good defensive player. Um, You know, there's some talk, Jonathan Kaminga, as a rookie, you know, who's very long and and certainly can try and stay in front of Luka and recover, you know, if he gets beat, that's another guy. I, I think that the big headline, obviously Draymond Green at some point, you know, is going to be there, whether it's back line or, you know, takes on the challenge up front. You know, they have a host of guys who could get out there and get a, a chance against uh, Luka, but it it feels like the initial matchup probably will be Wiggins.
1: Kesty, great stuff. Have a great call tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Game one, Western Conference Finals on most ESPN radio stations. Mark Kestrater, P.J. Carlissimo, George Sedano, and Alan Hahn hosting the studio duties. Kesty, enjoy.
0: Talk to you guys soon.
1: Absolutely. And, look, boy, I don't know about
2: that. Andrew Wiggins? Yeah. On Luka Doncic? I just feel like Wiggins might not have enough rocks in his
1: pocket if Luke decides he wants to make it a physical game. <laughs> to your point, you brought this up yesterday. Kaminga could be a real possibility. And a rookie on him? I, I understand the, the physical length and everything involved. Would you go right away and start with Draymond on him? Just to see where it goes from there? I don't want to do that right away, I don't think. I think you use that as a change-up. Yeah. Because Draymond is so important to
2: everything else that you do on the offensive end. I think you you allow Kaminga or Andrew Wiggins to get first crack at it, see how that goes. But you're going to have to mix up the coverages on Luka Doncic because he's that good. You can't just roll out there with one strategy and think that that's going to contain him for the entire game. They're going to have to do things, get the ball out of his hands, force other guys on Dallas to be playmakers if they can do that then I think they give themselves a really good chance to be able to come away with this thing with a win.
1: Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Keep your car looking its absolute best year round with 303 products. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating provides up to 12 months of protection for your car's paint while their newest product 303 303 graphene detailer can be used more regularly for extra protection slickness and shine and can even be used as a quick cleanup in between car washes both products available now at advanced auto parts AutoZone, and select walmart locations visit 303 radio.com for more information you know one thing about han too And I'm excited that he's uh, hosting in studio for the conference finals. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, He is showing a lot of these videos around of him playing, and getting ready for the two-on-two game, trying to convince everybody that he's got ability. I don't doubt that Han has some ability. He's 6'6". I told you a couple of weeks ago, he stopped me right as I was coming out here to do the show and showed me this video of him dunking. Mm -hmm. That was like from the day before. Apparently, like Jay Will this morning on my way into the studio, we're talking about it. I was trying to fire up Keyshawn a little bit. You and I are going to be on the call of the two on two game. Yep. Han is sending Jay Will videos of him shooting and stuff. Are you, are you trying to what? play a mental game here? Are, are you
2: trying to psych out Jay Will, who was the number two pick in the NBA draft?
1: Like, what's the approach here? I, I, I'm not
2: quite sure. I don't know. I, I can't get inside Hans' head, but I will yeah. tell you this: You're not going to phase Jay Will. I don't think he's going to be threatened by your basketball skills. No, I, there's I, levels to this. There's there, levels to there, this. There is. And I mean, Jay Will played at Duke, won a national championship, was the number two overall pick, but he didn't I play. Was, hey, he didn't play at C.W. Post. Well, he, well, my whole point is he, he played for a school that's actually still a school. It's, I don't think CW Post is even a school anymore. <laughs> it isn't. Wow.
3: That, <laughs> that's rough. That, that is rough, especially because you guys got to call it. Do you guys hear, like, there's, like, all these rules that I think KJM is kind of scared or something, so they want to try to make the game Tony to 11 well, they, and they, have some refs you, and be able said, to call fouls? It's, Keysha- yeah. it's the Keyshawn factor, man. I, yeah. I mean, Keyshawn can't play to 21. Keyshawn is 50 years old. For a guy who played in New York in the Meadowlands, you know, he's kind of soft, right? I,
2: listen, wow. I, I I'm kind not going to of... take it there. I don't, I don't appreciate the slander well, of my former teammate, Nuno. I'm not going to go there. I will say this: he's only a couple of years away from an AARP card. So I, I just, I just, I, I, I uh-huh. don't know that Keyshawn Johnson
1: is going to be able to hang in there for a game to 21 points. I, I said to him on the way into the studio today. You know, I don't think this is going to look quite how you think it's going to look. And it really, shockingly, you fired actually, him you up. Actually,
2: you actually told him that?
1: Yes. Yeah. Were, were you trying to be a good teammate? Or no. were you being a bad guy? No. The, it's always, you the, were being a bad guy. Whenever there are motivations involved, it's being a bad guy. Okay. But really, more than anything, just trying to poke the bear. Because I, I, wanna, I want this As to I a this As if you need to poke the
2: bear and, with Keyshawn Johnson. As if you need to get him riled up to say more stuff. No.
1: but listen He's the one guy on this network that you can't get to stop talking. I understand. We have our back, Keyshawn. <laughs> All I can tell you is I enjoy listening to that talk a little bit more. But then yeah. when I got to see the look on his face, as I said it to him... yeah. I, I just want as much high energy in this as much as possible. And clearly, Nuno, what they are worried about is this turning into what Chris was talking about a minute ago. They do not want this to be a rock fight.
3: Well, so what? I know you guys are trying to get some odds set up, right? So that yeah, to make this interesting. Because yeah. if not, it's a bunch of old dudes and Jay Williams, exactly, who, who, who's still like better than all of them. You know, with one leg. But it's a bunch of old dudes. You know, trying to play. What are the odds that Keyshawn doesn't even show up? Because, like, for me, Keyshawn screams like the guy that just would be like, I forgot, I had no more interest, I'm not showing up. Minus because he knows how
2: it's going to end, right, Nuno? That's why he doesn't show up. He pulls yeah. a no-show like parts that to avoid guy, being embarrassed.
3: You know this, like, Bart's... And, and Chris, you worked with him. Like, like Bart's that guy that's going to go a little too far. That oh, like, yeah. oh, there's no question about it. But see, that that, there's fight no fight question
2: about it. Bart Scott is the kind of guy that doesn't mind hurting himself if it means he hurts you worse. Yes. Wait, so wait, that, I back, fully Keyson? expect to see that version of Bart Scott in this 2-on-2 tournament. He's not a skilled guy. No. Bart Scott is not going to go out there and cross up Keyshawn. No. But Bart Scott could
1: give Keyshawn a forearm shiver. So I'll say this about, about Bart athletically. We, he keeps himself in incredible shape. Yes. He does. Yes. Uh, I have seen Bart play softball, which is not good. It's awful. It's horrible. It's awful. It's horrible. <laughs> and I have seen Bart actually put on hockey pads and take on somebody as a goalie. And his reflexes were very good. Really, he was excellent at that. So I don't know which way this going to go. I guess that's the
2: Detroit in Bart, right? I mean, I, I so, guess I yeah, he's a big deal. In yeah, Detroit. no, he was no, he was. Yeah.
1: I he was in there and he called himself the Black Hashik. I'm not wow. sure I'm that's wow. what he said. That's exactly what he said. Wow. So okay. I don't, I don't Get him know. A Vesna, <laughs> I, I haven't seen him on the basketball court yet so i am fascinated by this but i i think our job here is to ramp up the rhetoric even more as if it didn't even need us to do it but just to do it as much as possible
2: yeah i feel like our role is kind of like the flavor flavor in all of this. is we're going to be the ultimate hype man for the two-on-two tournament i, I think, just
1: I just want the big clock i think han would be better off studio hosting that than playing in it wow <laughs> way to have our back keyshaw
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio
1: and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8
4: on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My
2: master asks, what do you seek here?
4: To vanquish our common enemies based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming The epic saga of war, Passion and power
3: Let it come
4: FX's Shogun now streaming on Hulu.